Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Cepho Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are continuing our long technology streak. There's a lot to talk about in the world of technology. Really is. <laughs> really, really is. And this one is a hot topic right now. Is a hot button issue because we are talking about artificial intelligence and women. Um, anything we mention in this is not currently sponsored. We're just talking about some of the bigger uh, players in this field. You can see our episode that just published recently with Katrina, who works with AI and has been in that community for a while about her experience. The date is February 7th, 2023. And I'm saying that because like every day I get a new piece of information about this. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, not only do we get more information, but the way the programs are going, they are updating so quickly that it has grown uh, immensely. So every time we talk about it, they've gone from like version uh, three to version 12. So it's kind of uh, we're, we're behind, obviously, in right. talking about it. And then as it gets on, when we talk about like, things like chat GPT, they're being acquired and there's this competition, a huge competition happening within the uh, yep. technology world. So yeah, things are changing very quickly. Yes, yes. And Samantha and I are not at all experts. Uh, this is a complicated <laughs> nope. topic. Um, so we're, you're getting, you know, kind of a very basic uh, layout and understanding of what's going on right now, but I just I would I would hate for people who really know about this to be like pulling out your hair. It's it's fine. Um, I know that I'm giving the most basic <laughs> definitions and everything. Uh, but as always, please write in. Let us know uh, if you have any more information or resources about this topic. Okay, um, so we did want to give a very brief history of artificial intelligence, or AI. So, 
By the 1950s, scientists, engineers, philosophers, mathematicians, all were familiar with the concept of artificial intelligence. In his 1950 paper, Computing Machinery and Intelligence, Alan Turing speculated that machines could use available information to make decisions and problem-solve and proposed building intelligent machines along with ways to test their intelligence. And if you if you if you'll remember like this was you know a lot of science fiction was happening around this time too. Mm-hmm. Like it really captured the public imagination. Technology was changing very quickly then, not nearly as quickly as it is now, but a lot of things that were very very new were coming out. TV, more people were getting TVs. So it was a, it was a real time for people to think about what was our future with technology and with machines. However, this paper comes out, the technology just wasn't there for what Alan Turing was proposing. And everything that was available was prohibitively expensive. That didn't stop people from trying, though. And a couple of years later, a few men came together to create a program called The Logic Theorist, which many label the first AI program. Um, Basically, it was designed to copy the problem-solving skills of a human. And the term artificial intelligence was coined in 1956 after this program was presented. So over the next two decades, the realm of AI really grew as technology improved. Uh, Computers were now able to store commands where they previously couldn't. Problem solving improved along with interpreting spoken languages. Government agencies like DARPA started funding AI research. And by 1970, people were predicting we'd have a workable AI within the decade. However... The tech still wasn't there, mostly uh, issues around data storage and slow processing speeds. In the 80s, a couple of big things happened. One was the introduction of deep learning or machine learning through experience. Another was expert systems, which allowed for computers to copy experts in terms of decision making. It learned by asking the expert questions and storing the answer so that non-experts could ask and get the same answer. Right. The funding did dry out in the 90s because basically everyone... And this is kind of like a running joke with things like Back to the Future, right? Where we're like, why don't we have flying cars yet? Everyone thought this was going to happen much more quickly than it was happening. But even though the funding did dry up in the 90s, AI flourished in the 90s and 2000s. Um, In 1997, world chess champion and grandmaster Gary Kasparo was beaten by Deep Blue, which was an IBM chess playing program. Uh, Speech recognition was implemented on Windows that same year. The real game changer in all of this has been the increase in computer storage and processing time. So this more or less brings us to where we are today. Uh, Industries ranging from banking to marketing to entertainment utilize AI. All kinds of things that when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I never thought of that, but that's true. It's like, it's used in a lot more things than I bet you a lot of us would think at first. It really encompasses a lot more than I would say most people imagine. But that could just be me. I don't want to project. Uh, (laughs) In 2022, (laughs) there was a huge spike in popularity of apps, um, programs, and platforms like Lenza and Midjourney and ChatGPT, which stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. And I, I mean, if you haven't, I'd be surprised if you haven't heard of them, but if you haven't experimented with them, they're basically like text-to-image prompts and text-to-text prompts. Um, So basically, you type in something. We'll go over some examples in a minute. And then the AI 
generates an image or generates some text based on what you put in. Um, and these platforms have access to billions of images and text. That's kind of a key part of this whole conversation. I did want to throw in here, I saw Megan. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people who <laughs> work in AI are like, no, don't mention Megan. Um, which well, let, me ask, <laughs> let me ask, why is the three? Why is Megan the three? It stands for, uh, I can't remember what it is, but the, the, there's three E's and it's an acronym. Okay. Okay, so it's supposed to be like M-E-E-E-G-A-N, but cutely, Megan? I, I have not so, seen yes. it, so that's why I asked. Okay, okay. keep going. <laughs> okay, no spoilers. <laughs> um, but it had an interesting commentary about AI and and about how the issue is more people and biases programmed in and learned with AI. I read an essay about it that has stuck with me to this day. It was about teaching an AI program to like, I don't know, sign the prettiest signature you've ever seen. And nothing nefarious, but just the way that the, the AI interpreted the code or the prompts that people were putting in, it ended up destroying the world. <laughs> but it wasn't designed to do that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But it's also, Megan also has a lot of stuff around like the relationships we form with machines. But I would say it was more about replacing human connection with machines was the commentary that was happening. I do think this is the fear discomfort a lot lot of us have after seeing so many movies. Again, going back to that kind of sci-fi thing, a lot of times the first thing that comes up is like, what about what happened in the Avengers? You know, that kind of thing. I think of the (laughs) Matrix, and I just hope that we have a Neo. (laughs) we got to get to training. (laughs) (laughs) we got to get training. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so uh, we do have a few numbers about this rapidly growing market for you. Uh, First, it's expected to be worth about $267 billion by 2027, and it will contribute an estimated $15.7 trillion to the global economy by 2030. 37% of the businesses and organizations use some type of AI. Um, actually, we just had a fellow podcaster use uh, ChatGPT to do some scripts, so that was interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it at that. Brings us to our um, next number. <laughs> <laughs> so here's an interesting number. It's estimated that by 2025, two years from now, AI will destroy 85 million jobs, but create 97 million jobs. So y'all better get to learning this AI thing. I guess that's too old. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, and so I've seen a lot of conflicting numbers about this. But I do think I, we even kind of used a loaded term, destroy. I feel like a lot, we are not talking about the creation part so much, so much as these jobs will go away, which is scary. Like, that's a scary thing. Don't get me wrong. Especially if that's your job, that has been your job. Um, but it will create jobs as well. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. All right, so when it comes to gender, over 90% of AI specialists are men. 90. Men in the field receive an average of $132,000 and women almost $110,000. When it comes to race, 76% of specialists are white, followed by Latino and Black, um, about 9% each of those populations, and Asian at about 3% of the workforce. The rest is categorized as other or indigenous. Um, Black and Latino specialists, Latinx specialists, receive the lowest pay of these categories. There aren't too many numbers about queer folks in this space, but one chart we found suggested that in a breakdown of job titles, queer people generally hovered around 5%, but in some areas reached around 10%. I think, again, some of these numbers are hard to track down based on what constitutes as AI and also how are they uh, reporting or not reporting those types of numbers. But this brings us to lawsuits. So... One of the biggest controversies about AI has been around art and copyright. So if you don't know, recent AI programs and platforms have written children's books. They've created so much art, all kinds of things, much to the outrage of a lot of folks in the creative space. So if you haven't used these platforms, you can basically go to a site, type in pretty much anything you want from very clear to super obscure, and a handful of images will get spit back out at you, or in the case of ChatGBT, an essay or something like that. Uh, the AI tool in question sort of guesses what you want based on the prompts and then uses all of the images and data available on the internet to paint a picture, so to speak. Um, people have won awards with AI-generated art, and I read some really interesting articles about it, which we're going to touch on some of them in a minute. Beginning in January 2023, lawsuits against AI started rolling out uh, these these newer platforms that got really popular anyway. Uh, Getty Images sued Stability AI, alleging that they had, quote, chosen to ignore viable licensing options and long-standing legal protections in pursuit of their standalone commercial interest. And if you remember, this was the big thing people were warning about with things like Linza, that any picture you uploaded 
belonged to them. Um, Three visual artists out of San Francisco on the behalf of the visual arts community also sued Stability AI, uh, naming MidJourney and DeviantArt as well. Essentially, the lawsuit alleges that these AI tools and sites comb the web for images and use them without crediting the artists, especially because most of them charge a fee or there's a tier where a fee can be involved. Um, Some images generated by Linza included distortist included distorted artist signatures, indicating that it used a specific art from these artists but did not credit them. Um, Many of the AI companies in question um, argue that this falls under fair use, which is a very, very murky idea, and we've had to have a lot of meetings about it in our very own field. So it it is a mess. (laughs) Um, Most of the entities suing are looking more at getting credit and compensation as opposed to shutting these AI platforms down. So was Dolly not a part of the lawsuit? That's surprising. I think that's a... I think they might be because, like I said, I wrote I wrote this section several weeks ago, and I there's so much (laughs) keeps changing. Well, Dolly is one of the original, even before Midjourney. Mm -hmm. Like Midjourney has been around, but Dolly was the original that people were playing with probably last year, like beginning of last year. So I'm kind of surprised that they wouldn't be a part of that. They do have a free portion, I believe, but then you hit a Mm. a wall and then you have to pay. So maybe that's Mm -hmm. why. But huh, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, there very well could be one. I think this is the big example that's happening right now, but there are multiple lawsuits against these these companies. And it is key, as we discussed with Katrina, most experts don't believe AI-generated images will erase art, like human-made art, because we inherently place a human value on it, as in, I want to support this person, I'll pay for their work. most people do, not everybody, but, you know, you kind of are like, oh, I want to support this person or this feels different than something I could just make online. Um, But that being said, uh, there are indeed questions about copyright of styles and the like. And on top of that, some artists argue that some, not all, but some AI-generated images are art and they require creativity and experimentation. So it's like a big, there's so many conversations happening around this right now uh, because it feels new and as Katrina also mentioned in that interview we did with her, it's kind of, sometimes these shifts just happen. Like with Photoshop came on the scene and we were all kind of trying to figure out what that means. And it's similar. Um, but and also, as we discussed in that episode with Katrina, who does work in this space, there is a question of accessibility and how AI can mm-hmm. and help in that way, these kind of AI-generated programs, these kind of AI-generated text-to-art or text-to-text things could be a really beneficial tool for people with accessibility issues. Right. And yeah, like you said, it, it does take a skill for prompting, mm-hmm. which is how you kind of pull in, into things. Um, but it's also worrisome what you prompt, what people can prompt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and speaking mm-hmm. of, another concern uh, in, around things like uh, Linza that owns images you upload. And that was a big to-do. People did not read the terms and conditions. Um, after being called out on Twitter, they updated their terms of use in December. Uh, they still own your images to train AI, but they now allow users to delete their data, which I'm kind of concerned about because, you know, we talked about that with 23andMe and DNA uh, testing, how one company may say so, but what does the other company get a right, right. to? And yes, that means they mm-hmm. own your image, your public image. There's a whole conversation about, uh, like, that's a side conversation. It makes me worried about, like, deep fakes, which is a whole big issue right yes. now in the world of uh-huh. technology as well. But if you get these images 
on through these applications, who owns them, who can use them, and what can they be used for. Mm-hmm. This has kickstarted conversations, again, around privacy and how it seems hopeless to protect ourselves unless we exit the grid completely because there's so it like all every single social media platforms that allow for selfies with filters have a type of AI uh, filter. But that's a conversation in general when you upload things into social media platforms in itself. That's a good point to make. As we do with all of these technology episodes, like... These AI platforms are not alone in the doing this. They're like mm-hmm. this is an issue across a lot of platforms. And I remember one of the big things that happened after Linza blew up in December was everyone was like, take it down all of your selfies. Like take all of them down. Yeah. And then I know before like Google got in big trouble with that several years ago, but people would suddenly see an ad and their pictures in the ad and they didn't agree right. <laughs> to do that. Right. Um, but they were, I, I believe at the time, Google's argument was, well, you uploaded it to Drive, so yeah, <laughs> wait. It's ours. <laughs> what? <laughs> mm-hmm. Here's a quote from Dazed Digital. There's an adage that's been knocking around the internet for years in various forms. If you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Actually, this quote can be traced back to a 1973 video by the artist Richard Serra and Carlotta Faye Schoolman. Television delivers people. Quote, commercial television delivers 20 million people a minute. Read scrolling text. It is the consumer who is consumed. You are the product of TV. You are delivered to the advertiser who is the customer. He consumes you. You are the end product. Huh, sounds familiar, kind of like the uh, recent episode we did with Bridget. Mm-hmm. So in 2022, uh, Clearview AI, which has become under fire for far-right ties, offered its facial recognition technology to Ukraine for free. Uh, the country has used it to identify hundreds of deceased Russian soldiers in order to alert the family, but some have argued that this is a way of chipping away at morale. Mm-hmm. And we've discussed before about how facial recognition AI... Uh, is not infallible, especially when it comes to people of color and especially black people. Um, The EU has introduced legislation that anything created with AI has to be properly labeled. However, I know a recent app came out that removes watermarks, which is one of the solutions they were also proposing for labeling this. Um, It's really, really complicated, especially for journalists. Um, But ideas that have been suggested are metadata, titling, reveals, um, interstitials, bylines, annotations, side-by-side, platform and non-platform warnings, and none of this is uniform across platforms. So basically, a lot of this would require the person to be acting in good faith and label things properly, which I don't believe is a thing that people, we can trust people to do, but... Right. They're constantly stealing videos, constantly claiming videos or ideas, especially in today's age of trying to be an influencer. It's quite, quite interesting. Yes. Yes. Um, and and I, I don't know if you saw this. There's also a huge kerfuffle in uh, the sports world. Uh, the guy who owns, like, I don't, I'm, I'm going to butcher it, but basically this guy owns this basketball team, He's getting sued, and the facial recognition technology recognized one of the lawyers who's suing him and wouldn't let her her, her daughter into the Madison Square Garden. Um, right. So that's kind of like the level we're talking about, too, of how this could yeah. be misused. So, the, you know, yeah, the event was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a basketball game. They, a company is suing Madison Square Garden, the event space, uh, 
through that, they've, they found a person who wasn't even on the case. She just actually works in the same law firm, uh, therefore mm-hmm. denied her access and her daughter access to uh, an event. Um, and apparently she wasn't the only one. There have been several who've been denied just because of their association, not even being on the case, which does talks about like, oh, what does this mean for later? Just because you don't like me or like something right. that someone else did that I'm connecting to, you're going to deny me service, right. which is odd. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's also been a lot of concern, uh, no lawsuits as of recording, I don't think, around chat GPT, about students using it to write essays, about it eliminating jobs. Uh, there are there are a lot of conflicting reports about how effective it is. As you said, things are improving very quickly, though. And that probably depends on the topic and level of expertise involved. Then somebody created a tool to detect chat GPT, but I feel like that's just going to be a game of like, Mm-hmm. constantly one-upping, <laughs> like, improving. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It definitely is. Yeah. Uh, but it did recently pass an exam at an Ivy League business school, and it's passed several exams at, at colleges. I, and this has kickstarted a whole conversation and arguments around, well, what does it mean around plagiarism in schools and how worried should we be about it anyway? Uh, so that's a whole thing, too. Right. Actually, I just read uh, a title of an article. I did not read the article, y'all. Uh, but it said that there had been three examples of a chat GPT um, writing out resumes that were, were perfect. And they were these people were hired based on oh, those yeah. resumes to executive level of positions. Like high wow. level positions mm-hmm. through this which we that means we need to work on it Annie <laughs> <laughs> all right just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about the women portion which is what we are coming to uh, so why is AI women uh, there's been a lot of debate and conversation about why so many of our AI voices are women Siri Alexa Cortana the default setting on most map apps, uh, though this is not the case in all countries. Even in fiction, her, Megan, ex machina, mother from Alien, though you don't hear her voice, uh, the Red Queen from Resident Evil. One of the theories behind this gendering exists is based on the roles we typically assign women. Yep, scheduling appointments, setting up reminders, answering questions, looking up data, and communicating. It's it's literally thought of it as an assistant, uh, something typically feminine coded in our society, perceived as more welcoming, more soothing, less threatening. Others have cautioned about the message this sends, that with enough programming, we can create the perfect, subservient, pleasing woman. Mm-hmm. Which is that whole yeah. movie. Yeah. Scarlett yes. Johansson. Yep. Yep. Her. Um, most sex robots are in the image of a woman, although I think there's a couple points we could expound upon within that. But some suggest that this indicates there might be some sexualization of this AI voice that's going on. Some also argue, which I thought was interesting, that it, it, this the reason so many of our AI voices are feminine are because people were so traumatized by the male voice of Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what that is. Oh, I, I remember. Uh, I, I mean, sure, maybe. Is. It's probably a lot of things. Yeah. I just learned um, that the train announcement from uh, the in England where it says, mind the gap, has switched from mm-hmm. the man to a woman. Um, and there was this whole yeah. sweet story of this woman who used to go to, uh, after her father, it was her husband who did this voice. And after he mm-hmm. died, she would go 
to the uh, mm-hmm. tubes just to hear his voice. And when oh. they were switching over to the woman, that the uh, transit department actually gave her the recording to have. But like she was so sad and so distraught mm-hmm. when it went away. That was a side side piece of love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that is interesting because I didn't know this, but the UK kept coming up as the example of, like, the map, default voice on map apps as a ban. Um, a lot of their default apps are masculine. And, I, and they were kind of talking about why that might be, but interesting. This brings us to the, quote, perfect woman, the sort of idea of, you know, mostly male users trying to create what they see as the perfect woman through these prompts. And then what does the AI return Usually a white woman, very traditionally beautiful, brown-haired. But I did want to include some of the very specific requests that male creators, male users have input for women. Uh, Starting with this one, desirable, gorgeous woman in her 50s enjoying a pint at the pub, four stools down, no one in between us, posh, wearing thin white gauze blouse tailored for a very close fit, unbuttoned, black demi-cup push-up bra, thin white gauze, I keep saying gauze, I think that's right, whatever, uh, mini skirt tailored for a very close fit, uh, gartered fishnet hose, high heels, long straight hair, redhead with large bust, narrow waist, wide hips, trim fit body, curvy, full lips, very little makeup, nice muscular legs, legs crossed, smiling, back to the counter, leaning back on the counter, propped up on elbows, revealing skin, side profile view, ultra wide angle lens, hyper realistic 3D render. Okay. Um, All right. So- you know, like we had a whole experiment um, with some of the things and just put in a woman prompt and most of them came out mm-hmm. redheaded, busty, small, very gorgeous. Mm-hmm unrealistic looking women and it was kind of interesting that that was the first basis to the point that there was conversation with uh, the creators like why is this thing and as we talked about with Katrina that's what's on the internet that is what is out there so therefore that is what it's uh, like uh, bringing back in but yes stuff like that prompting is more common than not and it's getting very specific to the point I think there's so much conversation that we need to have about who is controlling, just like in any social media platforms, as we've talked about before, like the guidelines and making sure they stick to the guidelines as is without question, mm-hmm. because there's so many things that could happen, including the fact that I've seen obvious anime versions of young girls scantily dressed, and you know who this is for. And it's so concerning right. that this is continued thing. Like, this shouldn't be a thing. Like, this is not healthy in any way for anyone. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of the, it gets really complicated really quickly because that's part of the issue is also, as you said, like what is, what are we upholding as a society is like, you know, the beautiful, perfect woman. What is a woman? Like when you just type that in, what does the AI return to you? Because that says a lot. But then also by doing this, by putting in these prompts and by being like, oh, this is what I meant. It's like reinforcing the learning on the AI side as well. Exactly. But it's also like, like we said with Katrina, you know, if I think part of the issue too is it's a lot of men doing this so they can kind of objectify women, which, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but like if you're a woman and you want to have a, you know, sexy picture of you or if you want to look at sexy pictures in a 
safe consensually. I don't know. That's fine. So it's like, I don't want to stigmatize women's bodies or sexualize women's bodies even more than they've already been. But at the same time, they are being <laughs> sexualized through these right. AI. So it's just, right. it's a lot. It's a lot. That comment I read, apparently this guy, it's the same guy, and they just followed him trying to find the perfect woman in his mind over several hours worth of prompts. So you can read if you wanted to. You can read the whole journey he went on. Um, but I don't no, think he you. ever... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. OpenAI recently changed its algorithm to be more racially diverse. We'll see how that goes. Because um, part of this is, yeah, they're all white women. From what I understand, Samantha, you told me a story about how it's making dogs even <laughs> sexualized women. It's, it's really interesting uh, because you can't upload photos and it'll try to translate that. And this sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. It's, it hasn't gotten there, y'all. It, hadn't, it yeah. hasn't gotten to that point. Um, even I think people who have used the AI filters have realized this is not me. This is kind of me, but not me. Right. That kind of uh, version. And there was an experiment when... Uh, we used, they uploaded my dog, they being my partner, and it just did some prompts. None of it had to do with women, none of it had to do it, but it was a couple of pictures actually gave her breasts, gave her a shapely look, and, and she they, she was humanized, which was a nightmare, y'all. I never want yeah. to see those images. Why did it have to happen? But it was interesting <laughs> that that was a prompt. That, that was, right. I think at one point it was um, something about like sophisticated dog, essentially, because mm-hmm. my dog is very sophisticated. If you were wondering. Of course. Uh, <laughs> so the AI must be as well. Uh, but it mm-hmm. kind of like a one was really funny. It looked like it was um, her her scruff around her neck looked like the uh, royal old school British oh, uh, yeah. wear. So she kind of looked like mm-hmm. a British royalty at one point. But mm-hmm. male version, I guess. And then others were just literally mm-hmm. feminine human features on her because of that word sophisticated or any of these things, maybe like right. that just automatically made her to have breasts, which was like, why? Right. right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there we could unpack, but it just seems mm-hmm. like if there's an an opportunity to sexualize something, and then that's what's happening. How dare you? Not to peaches. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? Um, I tried to find out more information about this. We'll probably come back to it in the future. But uh, the first AI model, which this is a thing, uh, was a black woman named Shudu. And here's a quote from the outlet. Within the first two years of her career, she was featured in Vogue, Hype Beast, V Magazine, and WWD, fronted campaigns for Balmain and Ellis, graced the red carpet at BAFTA 2019 Awards, wearing a bespoke gown by Swarovski, released her own record, and was named one of the most influential people on the internet by time. However, her creator is a white man who is making money off of this. And in the words of Twitter user Vanessa ID... That's what you're enabling Linsa to do when you give them your likeness. The more images you give it, the smarter and more lifelike it becomes. In addition to deep fakes and putting your face somewhere it's never been or saying something you never say, AI is also like blackface. Yeah, because I thought... I thought I was going to find more about this because I remember that kind of being a big conversation at one point of like these creators you're following on social media aren't real. Mm -hmm. And who's running them. But I couldn't actually find that much about it. So again, listeners, if you know, uh, please (laughs) point us in the right direction. But yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about deepfakes more in a second. But it is very scary, the the, the idea that you could be, somebody could be using your likeness to say something you wouldn't want to say 
uh, and mm-hmm. to make money uh, without your permission. Mm-hmm. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. And then there's the TikTok, as I've kind of already mentioned. Uh, There's a popular AI filter on TikTok right now, AI Manga, um, and people are tricking it to generate images of women with big boobs, but holding up items like cups or hats over their chests, which, but why? Yeah, so basically they're like putting yeah. hats over their chest and then it tricks the filter into making like big breasts, I guess. Right. I haven't mm-hmm. gone to that side of TikTok. I've seen the ghost TikToks with the mm-hmm. AI, like if an image pops up and that's, that's that, and then the, like the dog, are they human? Or the animals, no. are they human? Or are they, because like sometimes when you take a, the main guy thing on animals, they appear as human. Manga. And so you're oh like, oh, goodness. they're skinwalkers is what they say. <laughs> oh, dear. My dog is not, if you're wondering. Peaches is not a skinwalker. <laughs> ah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, let's talk about revenge porn, which, you know, um, as AI has exploded, moderators and guides have scrambled to keep up with it, especially in terms of banning harmful content. And this is complicated to say the least. Some terms are outright banned. Others are debated. And of course, this involves individual biases and can vary around the world. Uh, some platforms have rules against generating images of celebrities uh, Uh, for one instance, you know, which is interesting because I know recently something came up. God, this is things that I know uh, because my (laughs) partner's really into it. The word black in Spanish 
has actually been mm-hmm. banned. And a lot of Spanish right. uh, and, and Latino uh, people are like, you can't do that to us. But at the same time, you're like, we're so sorry. We're a company based out of the U.S. and racism is a big right. thing. We really can't do this. I apologize that you can't use your Spanish words, but can you do this? And that is complicated. You do have the moment right. of like, oh, how does that go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially as we said, things around the world do vary. And it is complicated for sure. Um, And this is one of the things I was really worried about with AI was revenge porn. It was one of the first things I was like, oh no, I'm sure... Um, There hasn't been too much written about it yet, uh, but one article over on Wired wrote about how Linza generated nudes. Uh, The author wrote about how Linza generated nudes from her childhood despite having the rules, no nudes and no kids, adults only. Um, Women have reported uploading uh, modest images of themselves only to get nudes or cartoonishly sexualized images in return. Um, And the article warns this is the danger of how much we sexualize women. Um, Here's a quote. I, for example, received several fully nude results despite uploading only headshots. The sexualization was also often racialized. Nearly a dozen women of color told me that Linza whitened their skin and anglicized their features. And Linza widely seeks to, quote, beautify images of women, meaning whiten and sexualize. Many reported feeling violated after seeing these images. Right. Um, And then the author continued, I'm used to feeling violated by the internet. Having been the target of several harassment campaigns, I've seen my image manipulated, distorted, and distributed without my consent on multiple occasions because I am not face out as a sex worker, the novelty of hunting down and circulating my likeness is, for some, a sport. Um, Because sex workers are not perceived by the general public as human or deserving of basic rights. This behavior is celebrated rather than condemned. And because sex workers is so often presumed to be a moral failing rather than a job, our dehumanization is redundant. I've logged onto Twitter to see my face photoshopped onto other women's bodies, pictures of myself and unclothed clients in session, and once even a word search comprised of my face, personal details, and research interests. I'm not afraid of Linza. Yeah. Basically, she was like, I've seen this before, Linza. Yeah. And I'm going to see how bad you are, because she was doing tests to see, like, what would happen. Yeah. Uh, And the images were horrifying. A lot of them with a child's face on clearly an adult nude body. Right. And again, like I said, that some of the images that I've seen that's just projected and you're like, Why? we know what your purpose is. Why are you doing this? And it's obvious what it is to sexualize young women. Mm-hmm. And without any moderation or oversight, the potential for AI-generated violence inherent in, quote, magic avatars is staggering. Uh, Linza doesn't seem to enforce its policies prohibiting nudity and minors, and it doesn't have any policies at all stipulating that users can only upload images of themselves. Its only relevant specifications are, quote, same person on all photos and uh, no other people on the photo. And like most other tech innovations, Linza's misuse will most severely harm those already at risk, children, women of color, and sex workers. Yes. So that was another quote from the article. Um, The author also points out how this could uh, impact the sex work industry, not just the art industry, and sex workers incurring blame for, quote, teaching uh, the AI by posting adult content when it was never intended to be used that way. A lot of platforms like Midjourney do have a PG-13 rating, but it's, it's, it's similar to what we talked about in YouTube where people are still finding ways around this stuff. Right. 
Well, TikTok yeah. is supposed to be like, I think, 12 and older or something. Or 13 and mm-hmm. older, and it ends up being younger kids, and you're just trying to figure out why. Right. Right, right, right. Well, speaking of, it's time to talk about Loeb. Yay! <laughs> Yay, who is the creepy AI woman who is haunting the internet and our dreams, and was the original impetus for this episode, because I hadn't heard of this. Yes, no. You brought it to my no. attention, and I actually was thinking of something totally different. <laughs> yeah, we were on two different pages, but like, no, go look, though, go look. Mm. Yes, 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 and you're yes. welcome for the nightmare. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Uh, first introduced <laughs> to the internet on September 6, 2022, this text-to-image AI-generated woman has been haunting the internet. Um, she has been called everything from the first cryptid of latent space to a demon to a queer icon. I was going to try to describe her, but honestly, she appears in so much stuff. I would say generally she's like a creepy older woman. She's generally creepy. We'll talk about that more in a second. Not always creepy. But an older woman with brown hair. She's white and she's got dark eyes. Uh, distorted face. Distorted face, usually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Loeb was created in April of 2022 by Twitter user SuperComposite, who detailed the whole process in a Twitter thread. The super short version is that this user put in a negative prompt, Brando, on an AI platform, meaning the AI generates the opposite of the prompt. And it returned an image of a skyline with the letters Digita P-N-T-I-C-S. Um, the user put that in as a negative prompt. So that phrase plus skyline logo, and it returned lobe uh, because the text, we call her that because the text seems to appear in one of the images. And again, we're not experts at this. I've, I hope we haven't like totally butchered it, but it's a really interesting process because you're essentially asking for the opposite of something and opposites can be interpreted in all kinds of ways. But it's also interesting because you might guess it would return Brando, the original negative prompt, but it didn't. And of note, negative prompts don't always return the same images. So it's puzzling that Loeb consistently returns this woman. One explanation for this is the fact that the opposite of logos, uh, or at the very least, because it's kind of like the way they explained it, it's like imagine a, a brain, like a map, a neural map, and it's not necessarily like the opposite is well, how you and I might think of opposite. It's the opposite is the thing that's the farthest away from whatever you put in. So the opposite for an AI of logos might be something that is scary, gory imagery. And these images, to be clear, don't previously exist. They are being created in response to the prompt. Though now we could be in something of a feedback loop because people are feeding images of Loeb into AI platforms. And Supercomposite has confirmed Loeb does exist on multiple platforms. Uh, They haven't said which one was the original one they used because they didn't want people to, I don't know, mess up. (laughs) Like, I'll flood to it and mess it up. (laughs) Maybe, maybe, yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) Feels like the newer Slender Man to me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so Super Composite didn't stop there, feeding the AI that image and instructing it to create something new using Loeb as the base 
image. Uh, the results were unsettling, uh, to say the least, including images of decapitation and goriness, adults and children alike. Uh, Super Composite said Loeb, quote, haunts everything she touches and, quote, I guess because she's very far away from a lot of concepts, and so it's hard to get out of her little spooky area in latent space. The cultural question of why the data put this woman way out there in the at the edge of the latent space near gory horror imagery is another thing to think about. Um, it's possible there's more to the story Super Composite isn't telling, but the story certainly grabbed the public imagination. Me too. Yes, it did. It did. Um, I mean, I when I was researching this, I was looking at some of the pictures like, what? Yeah. What is this? You're welcome. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Some have questioned why our culture, as Super Composite was saying, and by extension, AI associates older women with horror. And, you know, that highlights some ageism, ableism, sexism. Super composite set of the people's reactions to the first images of Loeb. Because the first images weren't that creepy um, or at all creepy. They kind of went on this process to find out, like, what's going on in this latent space. But it took a minute before they became, like, the really creepy, gory ones, right? Mm-hmm. Super composite said, Clearly it's AI made an association it shouldn't have. I also think some people are being very stupid and making fun of how Loeb looks in the first pictures. Like, that's the horror show. That's not the point at all, and it bums me out. She looks like an average person to me. Just really sad. No. Yeah, so you can go, you can follow the Twitter thread and see the first ones and to what it eventually became. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, there's so much... So much to talk about here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are efforts to make AI more inclusive, though there's a long way to go when it comes to pretty much every part of this uh, world. Um, like, the, who's working on it? Who's using it? It's uh, not as many women using it. And these kind of things with what images get returned and generated. I did find an organization called Black Women in AI that has a podcast. I would love if anybody else knows of more things like that. Because we talked about that with um, some newer technologies where people are trying to, like at the beginning, like VR, we talked about it, like take steps so it is more inclusive. But we'll see. Like like we've been saying this Mm -hmm. whole time, this is growing so rapidly. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Maybe one day, chat GPT <laughs> will replace hmm. us. <laughs> well, if write for us, we'll voice it. I mean... <laughs> it depends. I like to write my own scripts, chat GPT. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, uh, this has been quite the roller coaster, but... Listeners, if you have any experience with this, any thoughts, any images you'd like to share, uh, any resources you'd like to share, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at Stephanie and MomStuff at iHeartMedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at MomStuff Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I'll Never Told You. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you, Christina. Yes. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I'll Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands. 
not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.